On today's episode, I'm bringing you my conversation with Anna Perala, a doula, homeopath, Reiki healer, clinical hypnotherapist, and hypnobirthing practitioner. Anna lives in Seinayoki and has been supporting both Finnish and international families. Anna has a lot of knowledge and expertise to share, but for today, we've decided to dive deep into the topic of hypnobirthing. This episode is actually brought to you by Rosalia Pihlayasari's Pain Coping for Labor one-hour workshop on September 1st, 2022. I'm telling you about this because this workshop will give you two proven techniques for pain coping, give tips to the partner, as well as so much more. Rosalia is one of the doulas of The Nest, so to find out more and register, please go to The Nest Doulas on Instagram and send Rosalia a message. Rosalia is a skilled doula and you will absolutely be thankful that you joined. Now, back to the episode with Anna. We start off this episode by debunking some myths about hypnobirthing and move into speaking about why it's so important to practice hypnobirthing techniques, actually during pregnancy. Anna explained why these techniques may, what they may look like and why they are quite effective actually. We ended off the episode by speaking about the importance of being the subject of your birth rather than an object and what hypnobirthing has to do with all of that. In the episode, I also briefly mentioned the work of midwife Johanna Sarlio-Nieminen, who was actually also a guest on the podcast. That was episode 17. So if you want to hear more of what we spoke about, please have a listen to that episode. It's a great one for getting context about Finnish birth culture. But for now, let's dive into this episode with Anna about hypnobirthing. Welcome to the Birthing in Finland podcast, brought to you by the Nest Doulas. I'm Danielle Bensky, a mother and postpartum doula specializing in maternal well-being and psychology. Each episode, you'll hear eye-opening interviews with some amazing people who support families in Finland just like yours. We'll help you navigate what it means to birth in Finland, growing your confidence on your parenting journey. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into our daily dose of birthing in Finland. Hi everyone and welcome back to Birthing in Finland podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Anna. Hi Anna, how are you? Hi Danielle, I'm really well. How are you? Thank you, I'm doing good. We are having a sunny day after a few days of horrible weather, so I'm feeling much better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, it's still snowing here though yeah. Yeah. yeah at the time of this recording it is still snowy i hope that by the time this is released and people are listening it is much less cold yeah me too <laughs> yeah well before we go straight into the topic of hypnobirthing i would love for you to just introduce yourself to the audience a little bit you know where are you from and how did you find your way to being a doula and hypnobirthing practitioner. Mm, yeah, I'm originally from Turku, 
I mo- uh, lived there 22 years of my life, but then I moved to Seinäjoki two years ago. And well, my <laughs> journey as a doula is quite uh, different because I don't have any children myself. So I haven't given birth. And well, I always knew that I wouldn't get any children. So I kind of thought that birthing is not for me and I don't have to know anything about birth or anything. And I wasn't really interested in that subject until a friend of mine asked me to be her doula. And I went with her to the hypnobirthing class. And that kind of blew my mind (laughs) a little bit about birth and what I had thought about it before. And it was quite different to know about hypnobirthing. And well, the birth was quite uh, long and difficult. And we were a long time in the hospital. I think it was 37 hours or something. And and well, it happened that my friend gave birth when the midwife was out of the room and I was the one who was catching the baby. And it was quite a profound experience for me. And the midwife was quite impressed (laughs) with me and said that you should be a doula. And I was like, no, I don't know. I don't think so. (laughs) But then uh, after two years, another of my friends gave birth and she wanted me also to be her doula. And after that experience, I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe this is my path and maybe I'm being called to be a doula. And and then I started um, training for it and I got certified as a doula and also a hypnobirthing practitioner and all kinds of things. And (laughs) that's how it started. Well, that is some journey and it is quite uh, unique or a little bit different because I think the doulas who don't have kids are, they do exist, but they are, I think, a minority mm. among among the doulas. And that is a really interesting conversation on its own as well, mm, uh, yeah. because some birthing people and mothers are looking for a doula who maybe has had a child herself. But at the same time, I think there is something really special about the doulas who haven't had children, because you bring a completely neutral Uh, standpoint and support that isn't uh, filtered or colored by your own personal experience Mm -hmm. yeah of course now I have so many births behind me that of course those experiences are kind of already coloring my experience as a doula so I, I kind of have different experiences from the hospitals and things like that which may a little bit affect me but but I don't have any kind of own experience or trauma that would would right. um, make me biased or anything like that. So I think it's qu- quite good uh, not to have kids <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's really a work that birth doulas and postpartum doulas need to be aware of to really distance yourself from your own personal experience and your personal beliefs as a parent and as a birthing person who gave birth so that you are not biasing your clients' decisions and not judging them in any way. So this is something that doulas who have had children, perhaps, maybe also who haven't, but for sure those who have had children, they need to be actively aware of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Great. So that, thank you for the introduction. Maybe we can start our conversation about hypnobirthing by debunking a few myths. So people usually hear the word hypnosis and they may have this image in their head of someone hypnotizing them with a clock, you know, swaying from side to side or something like that. So what are the most common myths about hypnobirthing that you can debunk for us right now? Yeah, so people have quite a lot of um, fear around the word hypnosis and it kind of gives them the wrong idea because they have seen maybe on TV or movies something uh, or they have seen like stage hypnosis, which is quite different than what I do, for instance, when I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner or uh, when I do like normal hypnotherapy. It's nothing like that. And that's that's one of the things that I think we have to make people aware that what is hypnosis and what is it not. And so that they have the right idea and they don't have any unnecessary fear or something like that. And most common like misconceptions about hypnosis are are that you are somehow like out of it that it's like a dream or or you don't understand what's going on or your mind is somewhere else or completely switched off or something like that or that you're somehow like under someone's control and they can make right. you do stuff that you don't want to do or yes. something like that and actually hypnosis is quite a common um common thing we are most of our day we are under a hypnotic trance like for instance when we go to sleep uh, just uh, before we go to sleep we are in the this state and then when we wake up just about to wake up we are also in this state so it's quite a common state for our mm. brain and also if we are like kind of immersed in our thoughts and we are not paying attention so much and just doing like automatically doing something like for instance when we are driving a car somewhere and then we kind of wake up oh I'm already here okay so I just was driving like in a hypnotic trance mm -hmm. and so if you can drive a car in a trance so of course you are still aware of what's going on around you you are not uh, like in a trance like like you wouldn't know what's going on or something or you couldn't react if something happens so that's that's what hypnosis is so it's not nothing to be afraid of or or it's not um not something special like i always ask my clients have you ever been in hypnosis and most of them say no i've never been in hypnosis and then i tell them actually you are under hypnosis most of your day <laughs> so it's nothing special so and it's also really important that the hypnotist or the hypnotherapist kind of explains this to the clients so that they don't have any fear because mm -hmm. if you fear hypnosis if you fear your mind relaxing or going inwards then you are not going to succeed mm -hmm. so you need to kind of get rid of the fear and having trust in the therapist for it to work mm -hmm. as well so it's really important to clear these things these misconceptions yeah 
Yeah, that was a really great uh, explanation. And I, I loved how you explained that we are actually in hypnosis uh, for many parts of the day. And I wanted to ask, is it possible for us to kind of explore that better? Because you said that it's just when we fall asleep and just when we wake up. So can people practice being more aware of that state in their day? Yes, absolutely. Yes, and that's one of the things that we learn to do in the hypnobirthing class, that you learn to go in this state on your own and you kind of using the materials that uh, you get on the class, like this relaxing um, um, affirmations and yeah. meditations and things that you learn to do it on your own and you learn to bring yourself in that state. So it's more... Um, it has to do with practice like like you, when you practice a lot then your brain knows what to do and knows how to do it quicker and and easier and and it's a really nice state the brain likes it it's really nice it's relaxing it's it's like really a positive state for the brain so the brain mm -hmm. really likes it and when the brain realizes how much it likes the state, then it likes to go there easier <laughs> and more often. Right. And with practice, it becomes more natural for our body and our brain to learn how to do it. And so a big part of hypnobirthing is to practice during the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that when yeah. you reach the birth, you are already more comfortable with the state of, of being. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. And so you can maybe describe a little bit what is a laboring person actually doing while giving birth if they are using hypnobirthing techniques? How could that look like on the outside or what what is the person doing actually in that moment? Yeah, it's it's um it's like the state that you naturally go when you are giving birth. You go into this um instinctual state that kind of makes you go inward and focus on yourself and your instincts and what your body tells you to do and what positions are good for you and how you want to move and how you want to use your voice and what kind of things you want to do so your body already knows how to go in that state when you are giving birth but if you have practiced it before then it's even more natural for you and you can go deeper into that state and you it's more easier for you to stay in that state even if there's some kind of distraction or someone comes in the room or something and actually it can look um, if you are laboring under hypnosis or in the hypnobirthing state you can look really quiet really relaxed like almost just like you were resting somewhere and just deep breathing and focusing inward on yourself and maybe doing some visualizations and maybe some affirmations and and it can look quite um, relaxed and quiet mm -hmm. you you mentioned about how it can help also when somebody is coming into the room and that um, connected exactly to the question I wanted to ask. Is there some kind of environment or a birthing environment that can help facilitate hypnobirthing or is it maybe actually that hypnobirthing can help you birth more physiologically in any environment? Yeah, exactly the latter. 
that of course we know about um, the birthing hormones that you need oxytocin and oxytocin is released when it's more quiet and you don't have any distractions and maybe more dark and not so much uh, bright lighting and stuff like that. But also when you are doing the hypnobirthing, you are going inward and you have some techniques to help you focus inward and you are not so much paying attention to the environment. So it's easier for you to stay in that state, even though something happens in the environment that maybe might bring you out of it in mm-hmm. another like situation. Yeah. Do you have examples of these kinds of techniques that you could share? Uh, they are the like deep relaxation techniques and also this rapid relaxation that if you come out of the relaxation or the trance then you can rapidly make yourself relax and go deeper so there are a lot of deepening techniques that we are using in hypnosis and also in the hypnobirthing that you can do yourself or your partner can do or your doula can do for you that you can go um, very quickly back into that state and are those based on breathing or maybe visualizations they are more like hypnosis techniques, deepening techniques, okay. like, um, for instance, lifting the arm and then letting the arm drop and things like that. What we also use in normal hypnosis when we are doing mm-hmm. inductions or deepening the hypnosis. Yes. Maybe then, if because I asked about breathing and visualizations, then maybe you can share a little bit about what type of breathing or exactly visual visualizations are used with hypnobirthing do you have some examples you could share yeah we have specific um breathing techniques that we teach in the class and they are we use different uh, techniques for when you are having a surge or when you are not having a surge like in in between time between the surges and then we have breathing for the birth when the baby is being born so you can Uh, so to speak, more breathe the baby down than actually push the baby down. So you avoid maybe having any tears or having any like damage to your pelvic floor or stuff like that. So it's more gentler way to bring the baby down. Mm -hmm. And also we have the visualization techniques. You can, for instance, visualize like a flower opening. Maybe your cervix is like a flower opening or... You can, when you are breathing into your belly and breathing for your baby to get oxygen, then you can visualize um, a balloon, filling up a balloon, and then you can release the balloon or stuff like that. There's different things that you can try out what what feels good for you, mm-hmm. what kind of um, uh, things you want, want to use yourself. Mm-hmm. And why is it then that these kind of techniques are effective and that women are having uh, maybe positive experiences with, with this type of, of technique and with the hypnobirthing in general? Uh, it's because of the autonomic nervous system. So we have this autonomic nervous system, we have the sympathetic system and parasympathetic nervous system. And... When we have a stress um, event, like we have fear or stress or someone is harassing us or something like that happens, then we get this sympathetic nervous um, activation. And 
What happens then during the birth is that our cervix is tightened and also we don't have so much blood flow into our belly area, so our uterus and our baby. And this can lead to more pain, that we experience more pain. And if we know how to relax our body and our mind, especially if we have dealt with all of those fears and stressful things and know how to relax and go into this deep, relaxed state and also breathe consistently uh, oxygen to the baby, the uterus, then our body is not so tight, so tense. So then we also don't experience so much pain, physical pain. And so that's one of the things that is really good. And also hypnosis in itself is really good pain relief because hypnosis is used a lot as pain relief. If you have surgery or dental things or something like that, it's used a lot. And actually there is a video about a woman who is having a cesarean section while under hypnosis because... um, she was so allergic to all of the medication that she couldn't use any. And they knew this before she was um, with her doctor discussing her birth and they knew that she's really allergic. And they didn't have any other option as to try hypnosis for pain relief because there was nothing else. There was nothing medical that she could use. So... So they practiced hypnosis a lot uh, before the cesarean. And in the video, when the woman is giving birth with the cesarean section, she's just really happy and she's singing and she's like, oh, la, 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 la. And it looks really funny. But you can see that she's in no pain and she's not even feeling the cesarean. And so hypnosis wow. is really effective for pain relief. This and, is the first time I yeah. hear about about this. Is it a video that could be available for our listeners to watch as well? Uh, I have to check. I don't know if it's on YouTube or okay. I've seen it in one one class. My teacher okay. showed it to me, so I don't know if it's freely available. But I can All check. Right. Yeah, we yeah. will have a look and hopefully can link it in the show notes of this episode. But because that sounds really incredible, and I'm sure it took her quite a lot of practice to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they practiced for several months before, yeah. so you cannot do it like in one session, but you have to practice really well. But also they use hypnosis when you have like, uh, if you have, um, what's it called, like like burns, like really deep burns on your skin and you cannot lie your for instance your hand down on the bed so then they use hypnosis so that you can hold your hand in the air for like several weeks while while the skin heals so you can use like catalepsy uh, hypnotic catalepsy for your hand for it to heal so there's a lot of things that you can do with hypnosis that can help with the pain and healing so that's that's actually remarkable because it means that hypnosis and hypnobirthing is in a way a form of pain relief. Yeah. So yeah. when we when we talk about, you know, women may ask, what is what are the pain relief options I have at birth or at the hospital? And immediately, you know, we go into the laughter, laugh, uh, gas, uh, gas and air. And mm-hmm. then we speak also about the epidural. But in a way, we don't acknowledge that hypnobirthing can also be a form of 
or hypnosis can also be a form of pain relief that women have access to mm-hmm. during their their birth. And it does indeed take practice, as we've been saying. So it's something you would need to find out about and practice while you are pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is an option. And I'm glad that we can speak about that here for people yeah, to know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Let's hopefully I can find that link. That would be really great to mm-hmm. share. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned a little bit about why it's important or that it you know, it's no coincidence that you have to practice this technique during your, your pregnancy. But can you speak a little bit more on why it's important to to practice this or what does it actually do for our body and our brain when we are practicing this before labor? Yeah, it's important to practice so that you know when your birth is happening, that you don't go in this stressful state that you might still have a little bit of fear or anxiety about the birth or something like going to the hospital or something like that. And it's important that you have um, practiced enough so that it's really natural for you to go in that state and you know what to do and and you are kind of familiar with all of the techniques and things like that. So, so that's why we start practicing in the pregnancy early on so, so you, you have enough time to practice. Is the practice something that one can do by themselves or does it have to be with the hypnobirthing practitioner? Uh, there's different ways. We have different classes in Finland. We have um, online courses you can do by yourself. We have the training you can do with your partner or you can also come alone. And of course, if you have a doula who knows how to do hypnobirthing, that's a plus So it kind of depends on your own needs, what you think you need for yourself. If you think you need a doula with this knowledge or if it just uh, suffices that you have an online course and do it by yourself, then yeah, you have all kinds of options. Mm-hmm. And the practice itself when we are doing it during the pregnancy, can that look like a meditation kind of because well maybe I should say that I practiced hypnobirthing when I was pregnant (laughs) (laughs) so I I have a bit of my again my own experience to draw on as we spoke in the beginning about our own experience and I had two main recordings as as you said in the beginning the affirmations and the rainbow relaxation recording which Mm -hmm. I listened to before going to sleep or during the day And that helped me to practice. And at the same time, I met with my hypnobirthing uh, practitioner a few times where we discussed the philosophy of hypnobirthing, which we will talk about in a moment. And together, that was my practice. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, that's mainly it. Like we go over, like you also, when you go to a hypnobirthing class, you also get a really extensive like birthing preparation class like you get all the knowledge about birth that you would get like in a <laughs> birthing preparation class but in addition to that you get the hypno hypno part the hypnosis part yes and so it's i would say it's it's really extensive so you get a lot from it and also it's designed so that your partner can really be a support person for you that they really know what to do they really know how to be there and how to support you and and 
get you to stay in that state, to stay in your birthing bubble. So it's also designed for the partner. So both mm-hmm. get a lot out of it. Yeah, that's a really nice addition because we often see partners looking for something to do and ways to understand how they can support the their loved one in the situation where they often feel quite helpless. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I appreciate this uh, this part of, of hypnobirthing as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned releasing fear. And I was hoping maybe you can explain a little bit more how is hypnobirthing helping people to release fear and why is that even important? Yeah, we have a lot of fear regarding birth in our society. And people hear different birth stories from their friends and relatives and they watch TV and watch movies and there's a lot of drama regarding birth and so people may have really negative views about birth that it's something horrible that you just have to go through and you have to have an epidural and you cannot get through it without drugs and and it's going to hurt a lot and it's going to ruin your body and things like that you you might have really negative negative views and so in hypnobirthing we kind of tackle those fears we we go over everything that you might have and and kind of replace them with these good affirmations this um like self-confidence and and like trust in your body and in your instincts and your ability to give birth and yeah many people who come to hypnobirthing class they already have a baby and or or have a child and their first birth was really traumatic they might have a trauma regarding birth and we have to kind of tackle all of that to get rid of all of those fears and those traumas and to kind of start from a clear table so to speak and Mm -hmm. there's different techniques in hypnobirthing and hypnosis that can tackle fears that you can go in the subconscious and kind of see what's there and remove those fearful thoughts and doubts. And also, when you get a really extensive birthing class, like birth preparation, and you get the knowledge about birth, then that also helps you. Because if you don't know about birth, you don't know what's happening and what to expect and what's normal and what's not, then also you might have more fear and more anxiety. But also this knowledge helps you in a way. So there's a lot of things that we can do. I very much relate to the last point about the fear of the unknown. And I remember that so strongly. And in a way, it's clear because we unfortunately don't see birth anymore. Mm. Birth is happening in a hospital. And so we don't see birth until we give birth or watch a video on YouTube (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I really encourage people to do, by the way. I I would really encourage you to listen to and to watch, listen and watch because both are important, the YouTube birth videos. And especially if you type in like a hypnobirthing uh, birth video, you can see really these techniques shown and, and see rewrite, helps you to rewrite exactly as you said about what is a birth like. Mm. And for me, having that knowledge and 
about my body and about the physiology and the hormones really helped me have more confidence mm-hmm. in yeah. myself. And it helped me make more informed decisions about where I want to give birth and who I want to have on my birth team. So I was, yeah, that's, that was part of my journey and that really helped me mm-hmm. as well. No. I wanted to add about the fear just to to bring in this fear cycle and to speak shortly about the hormones that when we are feeling fear we have this cortisol that is rushing through our bloodstream and it's related to the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems as you mentioned that when we are feeling anxious we have more cortisol and actually this hormone when we have that hormone in our body it means that we cannot have oxytocin so they cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we must have oxytocin for birth <laughs> because this is the hormone that makes the contractions of the of the uterus or as you said, surges. Maybe if people don't know what surges are, mm-hmm. I will just explain that in hypnobirthing, we, we like to uh, replace the word contraction with surges. Maybe in a minute you can explain why. But... Uh, just to finish about the, the cycle of the cortisol, that we want to eliminate fear in order to help us, well, not eliminate, but decrease fear in order to help our body have more oxytocin, to help our birth be more straightforward uh, and progressing. So that is one of the reasons to, to help us decrease fear. And we can mm-hmm. never eliminate fear. That's why I changed my word, because it's important to have a little bit of fear. Because if you are not having at all any kind of small fear about your birth, you know, a little bit of uncomfortableness around it, then you're not preparing yourself, you're not vigilant, and it wouldn't be a rite of passage. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. always that little bit of unknown about every birth, even if it's your fourth or uh, fifth, uh, you're always afraid about it a little bit. And that's Mm -hmm. really normal. No, no. Could you explain a bit about the word surges? Yeah, so in hypnobirthing, especially in English, if it, we do it in English, we replace certain words um, with kind of more gentler, um, like softer words. And we, for instance, use this word surge, where we might say contraction. And it's more like gentle to to say about this um uh, way of giving birth so that's also one thing that helps our mind kind of be more at ease with the birthing when we're using different kind of terms yeah yeah exactly exactly and I think that that's that's really an interesting thing to think about you know because pain in our day-to-day life and in other medical situations is actually a very different kind of pain than the pain that we experience in childbirth. Mm. And I think for me, that is the biggest reason to maybe call it something else, you know, the contractions, to maybe change it with the word surge, because first of all, your body and your uterus is not only contracting, it's contracting and releasing. And that is a very important part of of the surge, um, of what your body is going to do, because it needs to relax in order to contract again it's a muscle essentially mm. so I, I i connect with this idea it may be not for everyone but but i think that for me it's it's really helps change the mindset 
of what is going on in your body and it helps to make sense of of the sensations i think and to understand mm-hmm. that they have a purpose yeah yeah and also in hypnobirthing we encourage that you wouldn't talk about pain because if you go to the hospital and they ask you what level of pain are you in like from one to ten please describe your pain or something like that then automatically your mind starts to think okay i have to now assess how much pain i'm in and then you start thinking about pain and then you maybe start also experiencing more pain but if you never during your birth however long it might be um, if you are never asked about pain or if anyone ever no one ever says anything about pain to you then you might not even think that it's painful it might not come to your mind. So we always say that um, you can ask them to ask you about your how are you doing or or are you feeling okay or something like that. So it's a lot uh, less um, like uh, it doesn't bring to your mind this idea of pain. So mm-hmm. so it's it's really different. And also it's different if someone comes when you are having a weak moment during your birth and you are feeling like like you cannot do it anymore and you are really like tired and uh, you don't know anymore if you can do it and someone comes on that moment and tells you well do you want the epidural now and of course you will think okay well yes i might take it but if no one comes and they are just encouraging you like yeah you can do it and it's really good and you're doing so well and and they don't mention about the drugs then maybe you never think about taking the drugs so it's really um because birth is such a vulnerable state when you are giving birth and it's really important how the people around you are acting and what they are talking about and how they talk to you and how they treat you so there's a lot of like fine fine um points that <laughs> i make to my um clients that that you can influence the outcome if you pay attention to these little things like how people talk to you and what you allow them to talk to you about because you might never get the idea that it's painful or that you need any drugs if no one brings it up <laughs> So it's it's really good to think about these things. This brings me to a topic which I was thinking, like, how should I approach it? That what you just said, in a way, it, it, it makes so much sense. And at the same time, I always have this question in my mind, like, that we cannot really change that or control that, how people will speak in our environment. If, for example, we are not choosing who is going to be at our birth. So if you are not choosing your own midwife and your own doula and your own hypnobirthing practitioner, then you are relying on meeting any midwife or any doctor at the hospital, let's say. And then it's very hard to come in as a birthing person and ask for something that is maybe quite different than what they are used to doing in their Mm -hmm. hospital. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? There's no answer, I know, but mm-hmm. how do you approach this when you do birth preparation with hypnobirthing techniques? How do you do you include some of this in your birth preparation and maybe tell us how? 
Mm, yeah, yeah, we talk about it, and um, we usually do this uh, birth preference list that you go, you take with you to the hospital, and you give to your midwife, and you can include things in there. Like I would hope that no one pushes drugs for me. That I will ask if I need any drugs myself. Or if I feel like it, I will ask for them. You can include this in your list. Or you can include, I wish that no one speaks to me about pain. That I will uh, know if I'm in pain. And I I will ask (laughs) for the medications if I need. But but I hope that no one brings it up. You can, of course, include this in your wishes. And um, most of the people that I've met in the hospitals who are working in the hospitals, they try to respect your list. But of course, there's people who are like um, used to doing things in their own way and they might not have time to read your list or they are not interested in your list and then they might might still do things differently than what you have wished. So you cannot control the environment so much. Like if you are having home birth, of course, that's, different thing you can include only the people that you want to include and it's it's more controlled so this is this is really one thing to that you cannot control the people who are and of course if in finland if you go to the hospital you get a midwife that's there and you don't know who's there and of course it can they can change shifts during your birth if it's longer there might be another person coming. Of course, you can always change your midwife if there's someone who you really cannot trust and who you really don't get along with. You can always ask, like, can I get another midwife? But of course, that's already like a conflict situation then if you need to change your midwife. And and most people are not so confident that they can go, especially if you're giving birth the first time, you are not so confident that you can go in the hospital and you're just demanding things like, I want this and I want that and I don't want this person. <laughs> and you are, you are more like in the role of a patient and you may be a little bit um, like um, timid and can I now do this or is this okay and what what is the midwife thinking? And and so it might be completely different. So so I always say to my clients that you should go to the hospital and think about your birth room as your living room. Like that's your space and you can do with it what you want. Like you, you can do whatever you want. You can sing, you can dance, you can crawl on the floor, you can like do cartwheels or whatever you want like it's like your own living room but of course it's really difficult to have that mindset when you are going in the hospital so so it might be difficult to have to put into practice what i talk about thank you for bringing this up this is a really important piece and i don't remember where i think it was maybe on another podcast uh, which i was listening a while back where they said when you are giving birth in a hospital you are asking them may i use the bathroom where is the bathroom and then on the flip side if you are for example having a home birth then the midwife is coming into your space and is asking you excuse me where is your bathroom mm-hmm. so <laughs> you are owning your space more And that is, as you said, it's hard to move into that role of owning your space when you are giving birth in the hospital because it's a new environment. 
And as I've spoken to um, Johanna Sarlio Nieminen, the midwife, who has been an active midwife in Finland for about 25 years, and she talks beautifully about going into the hospital before you give birth. She calls it to sniff around and to mark your territory. And I <laughs> love that so much because <laughs> it's about getting familiar with the space. And the more familiar you are with the space where you give birth, the more comfortable you will feel, the more oxytocin you will feel, the more safe you will feel. And hopefully that should help your, your birth progress. Mm, yeah, and, and it's a real shame that now they don't have this... Um hospital tours that you cannot go there because of corona or whatever and you have to be client in the fear um uh, fear client to go there like a fear patient they get, get to go there and look at the space and because it would be really great if everybody could go there and beforehand and kind of get familiar with the space And I think that should be everyone's right, but now it's not possible. So that's one big minus also. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask if there's any other basic guiding principles of hypnobirthing that you wanted to add, which we didn't speak about yet, of the philosophy maybe. Yeah. We just want to make birth as natural and pain-free as possible. Of course, we never say, I never say to my clients that you should never use medications or you should never do any, like, uh, anything medical in your birth. Of course, you cannot know. Maybe you might need it, but we give you a lot of other things that you can do before you go to that option. And, and you might go to that option more knowingly. And more like aware that now I'm at the point that I want the drugs and that's my choice and that will empower me. And so then it's a positive thing for you to say, now I want the epidural, please. But if you are going there, you don't have any kind of techniques, any kind of skills, any kind of practice. It's completely new to you, completely stress stressful situation. Uh then your options are kind of limited. You are limited to the options that you are presented at the hospital. And mostly that's, would you like an epidural? That's the option <laughs> that they give you. So so it kind of gives you more freedom and more like choices and empowers you as parents to control your own birth experience. Like not control in a negative way i always say you cannot control your birth you cannot make a plan like my birth should go this way and if it doesn't go this way then it's like didn't work out um no you cannot control it but you can plan you can make plans if it goes in this direction or if something happens it goes in this direction you can make another plan you can prepare yourself for the different options and Also to view birth in gentler terms, like we talked about, that it's not viewed as this crisis or trauma or something to be feared, something negative that happens to you. And also that it, birth is not something that happens to you. It's something that you do, that you are the subject of your own birth and you 
you are the one giving birth and not not just like a baby is coming out of me and please take it out of me <laughs> like you are a passive like participant in your own birth but that you have you are the subject and you know what to do and you know how to make your own choices and that's kind of the philosophy mm-hmm. like like i think about it mm-hmm. that reminds me of the book by uh, rebecca decker uh, babies are not pizzas they're born not delivered mm-hmm. that's the name of her book yeah. and if if you haven't read it as a listener i would really recommend it and you if you haven't heard of rebecca decker she is the founder of evidence based birth which is an amazing resource and i think it's basically one of a kind in the world yeah. where she takes a lot of research and a meta analysis research and puts it into really digestible and easy to read uh ways for parents as well as birth professionals and she has a podcast and a website so it's available in many different forms and it really can help you make informed decisions exactly as you said Anna it's about being the subject and the more you can know about it the more knowledge you have the more you can make decisions that feel right for you mm-hmm. and you're not just relying on what is presented to you at that moment Mm-hmm. Yeah, because many people still in Finland, they have this idea, and they are also saying to be parents who are about to have a baby, they hear this a lot that people say to you, "Oh, you don't need to prepare for your birth. You just go to the hospital, and they will tell you what to do when you get there." Yeah, if you want uh, to be an object or a passive participant in your own birth, then you can do it that way if it's okay for you but if you want to be a subject then it's really good to get knowledge and to get prepared and to train for your birth and and then you can make your own decisions and and you know what to expect and you don't have to rely on the options that they have in the hospital so this is a really big thing um really big difference in viewpoint like mm-hmm. how how you approach your birth So I think this is really important to to kind of make the decision beforehand that I want to be the subject of my own birth and I want to take control and I want to find out as much as I can and and to have uh, like um it also makes um the experience different because if you have been preparing and kind of know about birth then of course it's more likely that you get a positive experience like a empowering experience but if you go in there and kind of don't know anything and are kind of fearful and timid and relying on the hospital staff then it's more likely that you get a negative experience and so this That's is important this is that one you mention yeah important that you mention that because some people may feel overwhelmed by taking responsibility over their birth and not really maybe understand why that is important. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. thank you for bringing this up that it actually can have an impact on how you experience your birth and whether it was something positive and empowering or if it was something negative and maybe more traumatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to add also that it's funny because what you said that we should we are encouraged to take this ownership and take responsibility and explore. I think at least when i think about myself and my medical incidences or times where i went to a doctor or into a hospital i think i haven't i have not 
gone and searched deeply into things that are related to medical. Usually I will go and I will listen to the doctor, yet I really encourage people to do that, uh, to, to go into the information with other medical things, but at the same time also to mention that birth is so different than all of those medical things. You could, as I said that I have done, you could have all the meetings in the world with doctors about other different things and illnesses and surgeries about, you know, in your stomach or on your leg or on your bones, I don't know what. And you will have not had a single issue with not preparing for that surgery or not preparing for that procedure. Of course, it's nice to take ownership of your health, but let's say you don't. It's not such a big deal as, as with birth because birth is different and it's confusing because they are both happening in a hospital. But let's not forget that births only came into a hospital not so long ago. Mm -hmm. And yeah. having births in the hospital, it makes this a little bit confusing because it makes it feel or seem as if it's like another medical procedure, which it's not. Which yeah, is not yeah, exactly. Because it's something natural that your body knows how to do and does. And the pain that you may feel in the birth it's not indicating that there's something wrong with your body, that your body is breaking or something, or that there's a medical emergency if you're feeling pain during yeah. birth. So it's it's confusing, yeah. And also that, that you are not the patient, that when you go to hospital to give birth, you are still a subject, you are still a capable human being. And... You are not. You you shouldn't view yourself as being a patient there. So that's kind of one thing that is maybe a little bit obscure. That that when you go they, there, you think of yourself as a patient, and they think of you as a patient. Mm -hmm. So that's because you're you're you're, you're so much more. <laughs> and you are also so much more susceptible when you are having a you know when you are giving birth. So you are more vulnerable and open. And also, let's not forget that birth is a sexual thing. It is the same organs related as when, you know, when we are having sexual intimacy. And it's the same hormones that are related to lovemaking. So it's also why, in a way, there can be some trauma related there as well, similar to when we see sexual assault and sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and this is not something we see when we are having surgery or procedures done anywhere else on our bodies. Mm -hmm. And the whole state of mind that happens in our brain with the hormones that are active in birth are completely non-existent in other medical occasions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so that is why preparing for your birth is different than preparing for another uh, medical procedure, which again, as I said, since having my birth, I started to be a lot more involved in other medical things that I have ever had to experience because of this learning curve that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, but I really encourage people to to understand the physiology behind birth and, and to to understand how their decisions can influence birth but also how sometimes birth is out of our hands <laughs> mm -hmm. <Yeah. laughs> and that's, there is an unknown yeah that's really well said and also about the hormones that that you don't act like that anytime else in your life mm 
that's completely a uh, unique situation when you are having birth because the hormones are there and influencing your behavior and it's also difficult maybe for the partner to realize that maybe the mother or the birth giver might act in a completely different way than what's normal or expected behavior and so they might be a little bit like thrown off by yeah. the behavior and it it might scare them even like mm-hmm. why is this person that i normally know so well why is she like acting in this way that's completely different than anything i've ever seen so that's also one thing that we cover in the class like how to prepare the partner to still be there for her even if she's acting like <laughs> air quotes insane <laughs> or something like well, like an animal really, yeah really dif- <laughs> different than what you are used to yeah. so so that you are not confused by that or kind of thrown off by that but so but important that just just uh, tells you how different it is from your normal like reactions and normal behavior so that that's really really a difficult um uh, not difficult but different situation and unique situation yeah I, we had a positive birth uh, helsinki meetup we have them once a month and uh, i i host them together with the nestulas and on one of the times recently we were speaking about what is giving birth actually like and i said exactly the sentence on the day you give birth it will be a day like no other in your life and maybe the only time that is kind of similar as if you've experimented with drugs. <laughs> Because that is exactly what happens in our brain when we give birth in a physiological way. We are high on our endorphins and on oxytocin and on all these hormones that make us go into an altered state of consciousness, which can only be, you know, um, chemically altered by by drugs mm-hmm. <laughs> or by giving birth. Yeah. <laughs> So it is a day like no other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, where can people find more information about this technique, like books or other resources that you recommend? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of books now about hypnobirthing. Of course, the Murray Mongan book is the classic or the, the original book, of course. And then there's other people who have written books about it also and then of course we have the classes you can book a class or online class and things like that so there's a lot of options okay and uh yeah the marie mongan book i i think that that was the one i had read for my my preparation when you mention online courses do you mean just around the world or anything specific here in finland uh yeah in finland of course some of our um hypnobirthing practitioners uh, do also classes in English for instance myself and you can book us and if you want someone in your area you can check our website hypnosynnytys.fi and there we have a list of everyone and where we are uh, like location wise and but you can if you don't find anyone in your area you can book for instance online classes from me I do do them via Skype and We have also this online class, uh, Relaxed Birth. So that's now come out in English. So you can also do that one. That's so exciting. I'm glad that it's also in English. That's very mm-hmm. useful and valuable for, for our listeners. 
And about you specifically, if people are listening and they come from this Seinayoki area where you live and they want to reach out to you, where should they do that? Uh, you can go to my webpage. It's doula.anna.com or you can email me annaperala at protonmail.com. So those are the places to reach out. I also have a Facebook page, but my Facebook got deleted, so I don't um, have access to my page anymore. So please don't reach out via Facebook because I cannot answer your messages. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, good to know. And we will put the links on the show notes, the the website that you mentioned and your own website and, and your email and the book. Uh, all of those things and hopefully we can find the link to the cesarean <laughs> birth yeah we shall see the hypnosis as well it, yeah that was uh, yeah I, I hope we can find so people can take a look at the show notes but uh yeah is there anything else on your mind just before we close off no i think we pretty much covered everything so <laughs> yeah thank you so much perfect thank you i really really appreciate your time and for being here and thank you for having me <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode with Anna about hypnobirthing. I hope we could bust some myths for you and that you feel like you've received some new tools to help you approach birth with more confidence and less fear. If you would like to add even more tools to your pain coping skills, check out the one-hour workshop offered by our own Nestula Rosalia. Thank you for being here with us and I'm so excited to have you next time as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Birthing in Finland podcast. To get the show notes for this episode, go to doulacollective.fi forward slash birthing in Finland. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and share this with someone who you think needs to hear it. A friend, a colleague, a neighbor. Help us get the word out so that more families can start enjoying these conversations. See you next time when I introduce you to another amazing person supporting families just like yours.